let's let's do this. Okay, so Josh, yeah, welcome. Um, Josh uh, works here at Brighter Coffee, um, a cafe owned by Made of Many, and he also roasts at Made of Many. So um, this first podcast, uh, well, should I say first, Amadeo? Maybe. Yeah, I think don't mention the first podcast. Go straight into it. it okay, so yeah. in this in this podcast, yeah, um, I thought it would be great to talk about why would you want to roast? Hmm. Because I think that it's a topic that a lot of people think they want to do or they think they want to explore or they think it's a, um, a career progression in some I think it's all, all of those things, really. I, I think absolutely. It's hmm. definitely like a little bit of all of those things. But... Um, it's good to start to talk about these things with with someone like yourself because this is a not super recent journey, but you've started in this journey mm. as starting to roast coffee. And I thought it's better to ask someone with these kind of like questions and answers fresh in their mind than to ask me who's been doing it a little while because um, I may not have a very accurate relative point of view. How long ago did you people. start roasting? Um, okay, well... It depends on whether you're saying starting roasting commercially. Mm. So if you said like com- like as far as like roasting for a roaster that was coffee sold by that roastery, we're looking at maybe seven years ago, mm-hmm. something like seven years ago. And then, but before that, I had uh, two roasters. So I had a little Coretto home roaster that I made out of a bread maker. <laughs> um, so that's like a, a Coretto for, for everyone listening. A Coretto is like a, it's a, it's a bread maker essentially with the paddle at the bottom and it stirs it around and I put um, a temperature probe in the bottom of it so that it would stir around the beans and I put a heat gun covered by it like a, like a, uh, it's kind of like a thin um, aluminium cover so that it could like, so that it could cover it, and it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, it was um, yeah, it was very loose. It didn't work very well, and I definitely smoked out the house a couple times. But anyway, I started like yeah. that. But one thing that's interesting, super quick story is, I was roasting on this Coretto roaster, and I was getting decent coffee, and I actually competed in the Brewers Cup of um, New South Wales. Mm. With the coffee, with, Cafeta, the with, the, with the Coretto roast, Coretto. and I talked to someone um, uh, about these roasts, uh, which was really interesting because he's actually someone who I deeply respect in the coffee community, and that's um, Tooley at Mecca. And I was speaking to him about these roasts and asking him whether or not they were too quick because I couldn't slow these roasts down in the Coretto, and I was roasting them maybe about six minutes. How what was six the batch to seven size? minutes? Super small batch sizes. They were like, um, I was doing around like 100 gram batches. I mean, it's not like a sample roast, yeah. but it's but it was it was small in in, in comparison. I, I could never get accurate reads on the on the thermocouples. But anyway, that's how I started, mm. and then I roasted on like a, a W6 Geeson, uh, which is a six kilo, and then I roasted on a GG60 Probat, and then I roasted on a S70 Loring, and then I roasted on um, Mecca's UG15, and then on another S30, 
Um, no, an S15 Loring, and then now I'm roasting here on a P12 Probat. So I've had a little bit of experience with different roasters, which mm. is a lot of fun. But yeah. So anyway, but your uh, yeah, your intro into roasting. When did when did you start? When did when did we first get you on the roaster? Do you remember when that was? Um, it was a oh, it's probably s- just after I started here, which was. Well, not just after I started. I started on a part-time yeah. <laughs> basis for like six months. And then as I started full-time, I think it was like maybe January or February that year, I started standing with you on the roaster, um, yep. weighing up buckets, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was pretty pretty daunting, really. It's like, it's, it's just such a foreign, um, foreign-looking activity as well, like... Mm. Yeah. Um, on that, like, what it, what it, what attracted you to being part of the roasting process? Like, what what was the thing that like really made you say, "Hey, I want to, I want to stand there, I want to be there, um, and see that process happen." I think I think the biggest things like probably probably flavor and tasting is yep. like something that's always interests me in food and and beverage, and I think that's what like manipulating that is what, what kind of drew me drew me towards it and tasting different things on bar and then being able to manipulate that further here is I think that's what drew me in. What yeah. we what were you chasing? Like what was <laughs> was there was there a cup? I, was there like a like a like a moment in life that no, you were chasing? No, it's just like it's just I think it's like originality of different like how everything can taste so different. Even mm-hmm. batch to batch can taste so different. Um, I think that's what interests me most. I've got a question for you, Josh. Yeah. Uh, what was the biggest uh, realizations that you had stepping from bar and going to a roaster that maybe you didn't know about? And when you started roasting, you were like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that this, it, this had an impact on coffee being <clears throat> a barista. I, I think, well, two things. Like little, little things that happen in the roaster that can make such a difference like, you know, a few degrees at the end of a roast or, you know, a bit too much heat at the end of a roast or um, protocol in warming up or in between batch, how that can influence the flavour. But then also one of the biggest things, I think, is the actual processing of the coffee and the growing of the coffee and how much that, like, you can't make bad coffee taste good. Um, I think that, that, yeah, that was... (laughs) Can I get an amen? <laughs> that was two things that I was just like, I, I didn't realise working on bar that like, you know, because I'd, I'd worked on bar before and I was confused that like it's the same coffee, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, why is it so different? But then stepping into that side of everything, I realised that, yeah, there are a lot of little things that can impact the flavour, but yeah. Do you think... Even before that is the, the farming, the processing. Do you think it relieved a bit of stress? Having, having a bit of better understanding on the impacts that you're having with coffee and maybe not stressing as much behind the bar as a barista trying to figure out what's happening or what you can adjust or massively yeah, yeah massively like yeah my the way I brew now and the way I work on bar is just like completely different after after roasting like yeah I, I was I was just saying to Ben today I'm just like you shouldn't need to dial anything in like it, like, a fun to, a, to an extent to like yeah. especially like working here like I remember it was only a couple of months ago Junji and I were like we might have dropped like four or five shots 
of espresso to dial this one coffee in, which is quite a norm, I think, for a lot of coffee shops where we were just like, at the end, I was like, dude, we'll just adjust the roast. Like, <laughs> like it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard. If, it's, if, if we're roasting to like the right development, um, we've got good quality green, it should be easy on bar. It should, it should always taste pretty good in certain parameters. And we've set those parameters. So yeah, yeah it, should, it should be quite easy. Yeah, yeah, we definitely we've definitely like set that in mm. roasting, and we've got a very open um, communication. Also, yeah. like he is maybe a little bit different to to some other spaces where, you know, Junji, Josh, myself, we're on bar at different at different times, and we're all like pretty because we're we all come from a coffee even roasting background. Uh, now with you know Josh yeah. being part of the roastery team, we're all coming from a roaster's point of view, and we're like. This is we should just change this roasting. Yeah. Or we should we should actually you know, or, or we can change this on par. And we mm. understand whether or not we should be trying to manipulate the brewing so that the roasting is better mm. or that it, we can we can get more from a coffee or we should be manipulating roasting because there's no way that we're gonna get the results we want from just brewing changes. Yeah. And we, we're kind of more aware of that, I think. Yeah, I I didn't so, actually realise how yeah, back to your question is that I didn't realize how restricted you were on bar, and that's mm. determined so much by the roasting. Mm. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize that. It was like it was actually quite confusing for me um, starting out when I was like, yeah, perplexed by why these coffees are tasting different or not so good or anything like that. Now I realize it's just like, well, whatever coffee I was using before, just may not have been roasted as well, may not be as good a green quality. Um, and there's nothing I could have done to, to make yeah. it taste good. And I think that's one of the keys as well, right? You're not just roasting, you're also selecting the green. Mm. So there's like a two-part two, two part element to that mm. that I guess you don't really realise as much when, you're, oh, when no. you're behind the bar. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, I remember starting out and the names were just like, I don't know, like it's just writing on a bag. Like you don't even really realize that that's like, you know, the origin and the process and everything, all the details on that bag or most bags um, impacts the flavor so much. Yeah. Did you find any challenges with that? Did you find any challenges with the type of work that you were doing behind the bar, which obviously has its certain mindset uh, and certain workflow and then going mm. from maybe more of a people facing role into more of a quiet role. Mm. Uh, did you find any any challenges with that shift? Um, no, I, I, I don't think I find, found any challenges in that way because I I like I like the balance of having both. Um, I mean, being on bar is super fun, especially when you're working around good people and have good customers. But it can also be pretty draining. Um, and I've found whenever I am doing like full time on bar, it does become quite draining. Whereas I felt feel like the roasting side is it's a different, well, it's a different energy. Like it's a less physical, yep. like more focused, um, more introverted. So yeah, I, I guess I guess in a way that that would be one of the challenges that like you know some days where you may not sleep so good or you're a bit tired from the weekend or something, you know, like you really have to mentally focus. Whereas I guess on bar you can be a bit more um, mechanical. Yeah, yeah, a bit more mechanical for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
especially learning like learning it's yeah 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 so I'm still still learning to roast so it's like it's i don't have that um don't have those hours really behind me yet where you can kind of just slip into um like automation almost yeah 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 definitely um you know i can i i, I can definitely like agree with that there's like there's a there's a certain amount of like mental energy and space that you like kind of need to be into yeah like when a roasting day goes well it usually starts with you being like really ready to mm. roast yeah you're doing that. where like it's different on bar on bar you can be like having an average day and a couple customers can make you just like amazing yeah. and super easy you just like have a couple good interactions and then yeah. all of a sudden like the day's totally transformed and you can be tired and whatever and you can kind of like play off the tired or worn outness and just make it like fun and like get into a groove and change everything yeah. but yeah that, that even the music that's playing and like yep yeah you come in and, and a customer's tired as well and you're just like oh i feel you yeah and then you're like you know play off that and you're just like oh well, we're on the same boat kind of thing yeah was there was there any uh skills that you found useful stepping behind the roaster is there any skills or any knowledge that you think is crucial if you're going to start on that journey of learning how to roast um <clears throat> tasting for sure like if you can't if you can't taste then it's like uh, it's almost pointless i think roasting because like the your production cuppings each week and also being able to relate relate that tasting to what you're trying to achieve in the roaster is just it's yeah you can't yeah, yeah if you're not drinking coffee or like not tasting every week then it's I think it's pointless. Because, yeah, because yeah. you have no, you have no consistent reference point. No. So no. your your taste palette isn't there. Your your reference point is constantly off. You don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. How to assess. And and how how did that go for you? Like in the beginning, like when you were like when you were learning, like yeah. how how was you know tasting in the beginning? Like where do you think you were at? And uh, I think how? I was I was yeah very basic when I first first joined us here, yep. and I definitely had to get hours of cupping him before I could um, start, you know, differentiating what tastes good and what tastes bad. Yep. Um, did that change over time? What you thought oh, tastes good and bad? For or sure. I, I feel like, I feel like everyone, you- who, everyone who starts in coffee, it's like you get into coffee, you're behind the machine, and then you taste a naturally processed coffee and you're like, oh, my God, like, what is this? Like, this is so sweet and fruity. Oh. Yeah, and then you're like... And then you get into it more and then, I mean, I, it was only when I came here when, and I think I was on the machine with you. Yeah. And then I think we were tasting espresso and I was like, oh, it's not that good. I don't know. And you're like, oh, it's been super well structured. Like, and I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and I think I came in the next day, I was like pondered it all night and I was like, what? You know when you said that Kenyan espresso was well structured but we didn't really like it that much? It was like, what did that mean? And then you went into like the acidity and everything hitting different parts of your palate. And I was like, ah, okay. So then I think when you start to get that basic knowledge of how to taste, then everything just kind of comes and you figure out what you like and what you don't like. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can say that, you know, even like cupping today, because mm. Junji, Josh and I, we're cupping each week together. So we're kind of like, we've got an idea of where we're at and we can like, we, we can identify each other's preferences mm-hmm. so we like understand what we like and what we don't like and you know we can I, I can pretty much put money on what people are going to like more than other things yeah. but it's 
interesting because like I've seen over time that you've become mm. like really, really calibrated with the things that you like. Mm. Um, and so you can explain to me why you like a coffee and I can completely agree yeah. with your breakdown of a coffee. I'll be like, yes, you're absolutely right. That does have more structure than that cup. Or mm. yes, you're absolutely right. Like that, that is like that. I find the same thing. And then Junji can come in later and like completely different coffees. Yeah. But he still agrees with the same breakdown of how the coffees taste. Yeah. So it's like some of us have uh, got a high sensitivity to acidity or sweetness or some, some of us have a, like, we just kind of like, like structure is a deal breaker. Yeah. So yeah. like if the structure's not there, the coffee's not good enough. And yeah, it's interesting like seeing that your flavor, like your taste mm. and your palate for well, sure, I your palate has developed over yeah. time, but your taste preference may have stayed similar. Who knows? But yeah. has it has well, it changed? Well, I know, I know, I know definitely. Like one thing, I, I don't know. It's something I just like. I'm always thinking about as well when I'm tasting. Is like, is like just drinking heaps of that coffee. <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah. like a coffee can taste really good with like two sur- two slurps, and you're like, oh yeah, it's great acidity. It's really sweet. But then I'm like, yeah, but if I was gonna have like a large batch of that from the cafe, like, am I still gonna enjoy it at the like? the bottom quarter, the bottom half. So it's kind of like, it's a, not the yeah. best word, but like smashability. And like, yeah. like, like it's like, I want it, no, I want it to legit. be smashable. Like I want it to be like, I want to finish that 12 ounce and be still craving more. Like I yeah. don't want to be like, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and what, what is, Cause I, cause what is had, smashability in, in more income well, profile? Yeah. I think, like it, I think it's balance. It's structure. It's balance. Structure and balance. It's yeah. Mouthfeel. Like you don't want it to be too aggressive in acidity. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well structured in the sweetness. Like yeah. I know I've had some like, especially some Kenyan. I was just raving on today how much I love Kenyan coffee. But like you know, if it's roasted <laughs> with too much development, it can be like it can be too much. And I've had batches from places where you like get halfway through it and you're just like, oh, I, just, I can't do anymore. Like, and that's something where I think we're very we're focused on that. Yeah, you can make something super sweet and wild, but yeah. you want it you want it to be balanced. Fantastic. Yeah. What about uh, what about brewing? Has your has your brewing changed since you've started roasting? Have the way that you brewed coffee that you brew coffee or that you look at coffee when you're extracting it changed? Yeah, massively. I think we, t- we touched on it before. It's just like if it's well sourced and well roasted, it should like it within reason should be quite easy to brew. Yeah. Um, Do you think you play around with it less now? Yeah. Seeing as you, you kind of understand it a little bit better with the variables, you sort of, you're not like trying to guess how to make it taste better. Yeah. You kind of have a better understanding of the coffee. Yeah, to an extent, mm. for we, sure. I, I would say we are in like a little bit of an isolated, you know, situation where like a, a lot of people have to deal with different um, green coffee constraints and the way that they need to, I guess, like deal with certain coffees in different ways. So it's like for us, you know, it's we have a luxury of running coffees the way that we want, when we want. Um, like on the roastery side, we're like, we're, we're really strict with like the parameters in which we buy coffee so that we, I mean, we've had occasionally, and I mean, like I could definitely count on one hand how many times we've had coffee like land bad and but out of responsibility of being coffee roasters we still take it and we deal with it 
but it's for the most part we're like dealing with yeah small small aspects of negativity within within the green coffee side of things so it's pretty lucky in the sense mm. you know you're not you don't you never really need to work that yeah. much with the coffee before and it I, tastes I, good yeah it's just like good to great it's like a that's that's the the window i feel like the window yeah i feel like if just i brewing for a little while now and also on the roasting side too mm. and knowing people and giving people coffee who may not know so much about tasting like i was saying before like you know structure acidity all that kind of thing i feel like that opens the window a little more like what we do nitpick on bar 90 percent of our customers probably wouldn't notice anyway so i think that kind of like eases my mind a bit on bar as well mm. um you know, a lot of the times so I'll be like, be doubting a batch and feed it to Ben or Junji and like, oh, it's great. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like, it happens to all of us. Like, yeah. even even today it happened again. I'm like, oh, should we serve it? I'm like, it's delicious. Like, yeah. 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 But see, that's yeah. just our little our little nitpicking. So Yeah. Now we can definitely get in our own minds about yeah, certain yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It also be those details, you know, because you're – you're not measuring big differences now. You're, you're measuring very specific mm. differences. And especially when you have a more in-tune palette, those smaller differences seem bigger to you. Yeah. Whereas someone who maybe isn't like that can not maybe judge yeah, those yeah, differences. Yeah. So, For sure. Yeah, I get that. Was there, was, what was the most difficult thing about roasting for you? Like what was the thing that you found most difficult in learning how to roast? What was a big challenge? Um... <clears throat> I think I think it'd been such a I don't know like a foreign activity for me like just everything about it you know your your roasting graphs and your charging terms every everything was just like completely foreign so it's like even though it's still <laughs> even though it's still coffee it's like it's couldn't be more different to brewing were you um, scared of any parts of the process that you were part of the roasting process beforehand perhaps oh before you, before trying oh it? yeah i mean i, I mean, mean i, 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 I was terrified that i was gonna ro- like ruin a batch of coffee yeah like, i think that's that well i don't know if it's normal so on, or not but on, like on average on average just yeah. just for just for listeners sake on average we're well we're roasting six kilo batches in a 12 kilo roaster six kilos at you know roughly probably most of the time coffees are between 15 and 20 dollars a kilo <clears throat> so like do do the math and we've lost batches before but it's kind of rare because we have very strict protocols mm. so and we've got the like luxury of having a coffee bar that can like deal with mm. coffee in different ways but most of the time it's rare to lose a batch but you can imagine that six times 17.50 yeah something like that that's kind of you, you, but but anyway, to your, it's a real fit. To your it's a credit too, I still remember like when I, that my first day roasting, Ben's like, "You're gonna fuck up a batch. You're gonna stuff up a batch. I want, I want you to stuff up a batch. <laughs> like, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter at all. Which yes. is, I think, would be rare in in roasteries. But like that definitely eases the nerves a little bit. But yeah, I'm. I think taking on new tasks and in um, uh, like different environments, I find quite anxiety driving yeah. anyway so that was it was just the general general thing of trying to master a new task and being so foreign i'm like am i ever going to get a hang of it 
um, which I slowly am. Um, but yeah, I guess the biggest the biggest ones are like perhaps stuffing up a whole batch, and then also like, will I even get this because it seems so foreign? Mm. Maybe yeah. a question for for Ben then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your perspective, or how have you seen Josh evolve in this learning journey? Um, like, do you have a process again, like think, things to focus yeah. on, or like what what you know that sort of thing? Yeah, I so I I definitely have a I've I've taught a few people to roast um, now, and I didn't necessarily want to fall in the mm. position of teaching people. Not because I didn't want to, but because like I just didn't think that I would need to. Like I didn't, I didn't choose to like teach people coffee roasting. But naturally, you kind of like you fall in that position where you're like, oh, we should probably teach someone to roast, or you know. And uh, previous companies like, hey, you, you kind of need to teach the person who is going to take over your role, like which is you know it's happened before. Um, and I think like with Josh specifically but then also like with other people it's like i realized that this echoes exactly what josh was saying it's like if you start with good green coffee and good processes which are like it's not even like like personality dependent it's like good batch to batch protocol processes good warm-up processes are really easy to teach because they're like hey wait this certain amount of time run this profile like a heat up profile or run this batch-to-batch protocol, which is just like, it's not, a, it's not a very detailed thing. It's just like, wait a certain amount of time, you know, you know, at a certain amount of temperature. And most things will go as planned, most things. And I mean, great roasters are like in the, in the little details. But I knew that when like taking on someone like Josh to like learn roasting, I was just like, he's going to do silly like little things and he's going to like forget something or he's going to like drop a batch too early or too late because he's learning. But I knew for the most part that when like using good green coffee, we've got a really big window for error. So I was like, I I knew that it'd be, I knew that it'd be okay. And I was like, actually kind of like, I really look forward to, it's not like I like watching people squirm. Oh, no. <laughs> you are definitely but, like this. <laughs> I know he doesn't. But, but I don't mind. I don't mind when people squirm for a little bit. You yeah. know, and they're like, because I know in that, like in that, in that, like, you know, in that instance, I know that people are like, their head is creating these, these new connections on how they're thinking about things. And for me, it's exciting. Like but, to see them, to see them, because they're they're working out a thought process, yeah. You know, and I, I see I see Josh's thought process in different in different ways throughout like the course of you know like o- over a year. Mm. Like I've seen Josh work through different ways, and he's like, "Oh man, like I should have done this." And I'm like, "I'm like, dude, you you did this because of this information that you've got, and you did with it in this way, and like that's interesting." But then I've also got this attitude and this personality type that I'm like. I don't mind errors and mistakes mm. because like I'm also like willing to be surprised by something. Like I, I always say just like, you know, penicillin was a mistake. And I always like, I'm like, I'm fine with like mistakes. Mistakes are great. Like I want to taste them. I really want to taste yeah, mistakes. Well, like I really want to taste mistakes. Like mistakes are exciting to me because they're an opportunity again for me to learn and for me to learn how people are, uh, how people are wired and, um, and then I get to like, I get to learn something about Josh. I get mm-hmm. to learn something about coffee. 
Like it's a win-win. Mistakes are a win-win. It's not really. And most of really the time, no it, loss. Most of the time, it tastes okay as well. Mm, yeah. which, which is like the, the the craziest thing. And on what you were saying before, how he like turns his back and lets me squirm. It's, yeah. <laughs> like I know he does it as well. And in like a little way, it's like obviously like really makes you really nervous but then it's kind of like flattering as well because it's like oh he knows i'll figure it out like he knows and if i don't he's all right with that as well so like what what what, josh what's the biggest or the worst thing that has happened to you so far in the roasting you know uh roasting realm um for I don't know. I think today was w- probably the <laughs> today. <laughs> today was it. That today. was the that was my sketchiest batch yet. I was think. There, was there but then what happened today? Oh, actually, we can talk about today. Yeah. Today is a real roastery situation. Mm. Um, okay, so real roastery situation. You've got multiple people, obviously working yeah. in the roastery. In this case, it was Josh and myself. Um, and that's what it'd be like in most roasteries. You've got like other people that you're like kind of relying on to do certain things. Josh was relying on me to weigh a six kilo batch. <laughs> well, that was an error in his <laughs> I should have known. He should have known. Anyway, I was not. So a seven, seven and a half kilo batch later. Seven. Exactly. Seven, seven kilo batch later. I was on the phone with T and T, FedEx. I'm definitely not going to blame them, but. It's probably their fault. It's probably their fault. Yeah. And anyway, it's not their fault. It's my yeah. fault. I think that I weighed a seven kilo batch. This has happened before mm. previously at other places and many other places. But not to me. Not to Josh. So I gave him a six, uh, yeah. what he thought and I thought was a six kilo batch and he was roasting it right after the exact same coffee at mm. six kilos. And he put the coffee in and I was on the phone and he's like, what's going on? Because and we've also, is, had, some, we've also had some gas issues as well. We have had gas issues mm, before. Of like a not, which is just another... Um, it's another yeah. layer to yeah, the complexity no, of roasting. to roasting. Yeah, we, 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 we can touch on that, that aspect a, mm. a little bit later. But anyway, so Josh was counting on like his protocols working. Mm. So outside of protocols, yeah, outside of protocols, it, it, like, yeah. it begins and, and to it raise alarms. And it wasn't... It was just running way below our profile for the first, well, from the very start. Yep. Which I thought might have been a gas issue. Give it a bit more gas. Still wasn't reacting. Finally, like, got it to catch up with the profile, but then dropped it in a similar way that I would the six kilo batch. So maybe not quite enough development or temperature. Um, Anyway, then it came out and we could notice it was was bigger. But, um, you know, we ended up blind tasting it. And we all had different favourites. Yeah. So we couldn't actually identify that it was that much lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we. I mean, they just they cup differently. Yeah. Definitely cup differently. Everyone like literally pushed the same cups forward that were different, and we mm. did like a blind tasting for all of us. Um, but yeah, once again, it's like I'm willing to taste that stuff before saying like. Yeah, and it tasted. Why fine. are you going to throw out good yeah. coffee? And I'm not talking from like a. A point of view where we're like we're not willing to throw things out that are not good it's just like mm. what defines something that's not good and worth throwing out and then we also know and you know now more than ever and we might touch on this later is like green coffee is very valuable and like a lot of work went into it so i the last thing i want to do is to throw away coffee because of pride 
you know, or ego because it didn't like meet a certain, you know, expectation, previous expectation. The reality is the result in the cup is the expectation and it was tasty. Potentially equally tasty for different reasons. You know? Um but yeah, but anyway, that that but was that like was I, one yeah. that was one mistake that's yeah. happened. And there's maybe been other like really small things. Yeah, Most of the maybe time, like missing I think I've like missed gas changes. Missed gas changes. I've forgotten to put the coffee in the top of the roaster and then like went to charge it. <laughs> like <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, after the year at my eighth batch or something when I was like, you know, starting off, which isn't really an issue, um, but yeah, I, I think I, I haven't had any massive, massive no. stuff ups. But then I'm also, I also kind of know my days as well, so I'm I can I can kind of know when I'm like, and I feel I feel comfortable communicating. I'm like, yo, my head's probably not completely there today. Just keep a little closer, um, and I'm happy to communicate that or like say, okay, I'll just do half the roasting today. Because of yeah, to make sure you're in the right. Mind. Yeah, to make sure I'm in the right process, and that's I don't like. I know you need to make mistakes to learn, but then also I don't want to, you know, make that mistake for no reason. Yeah, definitely. Um, just, just like for you know, not sleeping well night. Happy something. to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, you you mentioned before that tasting was probably uh, one of those crucial skills that you need to develop if you are going to go into roasting. Is there any any tips or anything that you did to, to try and develop that? Was there anything that, you know, any advice you could give? Um, definitely cupping regularly and around experienced cuppers like these two. Um, I think I think that's the... What? <laughs> I was just saying flattering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like I think that like just you need to surround yourself with people who know more than you. Like you, it's it's like you can taste all you want, but like I said, I was you know tasting for a few years. I was tasting coffee for a few years, and then came here and like it was like one of my first weeks here, and we like we mentioned structure and acidity and stuff like that. And I didn't really know. I kind of like I knew if coffee was like sweet or bitter, mm. but I didn't really know that tasting went further than that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I think that would probably be the number one, like taste regularly and with experienced tasters. But then also, I I have I think you need to have a taster's mindset where it's kind of annoying at times, but like everything you taste, you're kind of analyzing, whether it's food or like you know wine or or anything. You just like I'm tasting and I'm thinking about structure and acidity and finish and balance. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, that would be probably my, my biggest two, yeah. Mm. Uh, just just on, on, yeah. On, on what Josh is saying is, like, it, it it is definitely something that Josh is not a novice in previously to hear. He had to readapt to coffee and he had to, you know, kind of, like, learn different aspects of how mm. we were talking. And, and, and there's a calibration aspect rather than, like, a, a knowledge aspect where Josh is tasting a lot and he's going out and eating a lot and he's always mm. like eating a lot drinking a lot assessing things and as you said like the taster's mindset yeah. he's not exactly like not thinking about things he's not like endlessly just consuming things yeah he's really thinking about things he likes the finer things in life <laughs> he just had to he had to somewhat adapt yeah early on well, to it was, yeah. and, and and i would say that different workplaces 
are different. They're going to calibrate differently and like react to different flavor profiles differently. And like that's totally, totally normal. But but yes, it is just like tasting a lot and constantly thinking about what you're consuming is extremely valuable. Yep. Mm. Anyway, I was just like yeah. Yeah. So like so let's say I'm a I'm a barista at a cafe in a small team, you know, I'm not surrounded by roasters. Mm. Um how what can I do to cup with more experienced people? Like what all like well, develop I, that taste aspect, you know. I all, mean it's a bit of a shame that mm. through COVID, but when I so when I had my uh, cafe journey and I was getting into coffee and then I realized that I wanted to pursue it further. I went to a lot of, I was trying to go to a cupping every week in Sydney. So I went from, you know, like honor to, I know like a geisha cupping at Brewtown, Newtown. Like I came here for like your opening night and Kenyan cupping. Like I just tried to go to and find as many cuppings as I could and attend them. And then even like contacting our roaster wanting to go and cup with them so mm. there's there's always people copying about and i think i feel like us for example like especially when we were open on tuesdays and we have our production cupping on this bench in front of the whole cafe like slurping and all like anyone yeah. who asks about it we'll invite them to cup yeah if they want like so i, I feel like part of like our coffee culture hopefully i know a lot other roasteries would be similar mm. but yeah maybe not as open but a lot of coffee people like want you to get into coffee. Absolutely. So like ask 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 your local roaster, ask your local cafe. Um, yeah. 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 You kind of you have to put the effort in. On, on that, like, um, like there's a lot of roasters who they would they would want to open their doors. Mm. Like sometimes it's just like your contact is not as close to like the mm. person that wants that that can actually open up the doors to like cup, but. Honestly, if you speak to every roaster or cupper, they want to share with you. Yeah. Like, it's very, very rare that you're mm. going to meet someone in coffee who doesn't want to tell you or doesn't want to, like, experience something with you or anything. Most of the time, it's, like, you being too afraid to ask yeah. or you just not having the right avenue to access them, which is, like through an account manager, through someone who feels like it's not appropriate. But the reality is, it's like, coffee is like super underappreciated, like there to share. And definitely it's like an open invite, like once we're open and we can Mm. have people cupping without worrying about COVID, pandemic, all that kind of stuff. It's like, man, cup whenever you want here. It's just like, we are more than willing to like have people cup and taste actually i like want people to because for me it's like the more tasters the better you get like a better understanding of labor profiles and everything i think i would add to that what you were saying before josh is that you know developing your your uh palate isn't can't well you you can do it with other things than just coffee oh yeah right and so if if you're starting off trying to perceive flavors but you're trying to start off with coffee it might be a big jump but if mm. you go into something like juices try and pick out what fruits in the juice or try mm. and picking out what veggies are in the soup or you know what herbs were put in, in in a certain dish then i think that's a good way to start creating that that connection between flavor mm. and a real word and suddenly when you step into something that's a little bit more intricate which could be coffee or wine or, or, mm. or whatever i think it becomes a little bit easier to make those links. 
Yeah, even that's right. I think food's a big one on on balance, especially like you can taste a dish and you can taste if it's a bit too salty or you know if it's a bit too fatty, if it's lingering in your mouth. And I think that's that's a big one that kind of helped me helped me get into balance, especially. And then once you build up your knowledge in coffee, you f- you know what's gonna like what's gonna balance that bitterness out or you know that acidity out. Yeah. Um, now that you've been roasting a little bit, like what excites you still in coffee? Like what's the most exciting thing to like that you're like looking forward to like mm. in the roasting process in like, is there a certain milestone that you wish like to reach, reach within coffee or? Um, <clears throat> I mean, probably a short, short term goal would be like to be able to get, new green in and then like roast it myself like start that profile get the process which we're kind of touching on we've kind of touched on in the last month or so getting new coffees in and like how to approach them um i think for me yeah to get a new coffee in and roast it and adjust that profile to like get a really good outcome would be like pretty pretty big for me um, cause I still feel like, and I still feel like I'm in that, in that kind of, um, learning, learning curve of just kind of following profiles a bit more. I do adjust a little bit, but, um, yeah, that, that whole process for me would be from selecting to like roasting to that's serving is yeah. just like, that'd be, that's pretty, pretty yeah. big. Um, and then maybe even going to origin. <laughs> yeah, one day, you know. Ben. <laughs> oh man, I want to serve. Oh, they've been talking goodness. about it since we started. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it's like oh, I was talking with a customer just like the other day about traveling to Mexico, and I was like, "Oh man!" And like, we just didn't have enough time. I just wanted to talk to them more and more, like, because the reality is, like, when you go to Origin, it's not like you're starstruck by producers, but you just begin to get an understanding of like what they're going through and like it is. man it's just like it's just like Dude, I couldn't imagine I tried to like grow basil like didn't <laughs> 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 you give me a basil plant for my, like Christmas last year and I was like didn't even last that long so it's like imagine like that your whole livelihood yeah imagine your livelihood and the weather and the process like it's yeah. just it's crazy and I think only getting into roasting and green coffee like makes you appreciate that i i still haven't been to origin but like i'm sure that'll open your eyes even more to mm. to like how hard it is and and the respect you should have for coffee like ben was saying we're not going to ditch a batch because it might be a little bit light or like even on bar that's like why i like to be a bit more lenient and like you know take into consideration who's going to taste what because mm. like you just don't want to be dumping all this coffee down the sink mm. yeah. absolutely i mean if if i was going to inspire anyone with, with anything it's like uh, I'm constantly myself inspired by coffee collectives kind of model of you know a uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase don't know the exact thing but they're like you know a, a coffee farmer in Kenya should be living the same standard of living as a like a, a, a wine or a grape farmer or a wine producer in France, mm. you know, and and that speaks like a lot to me that a producer can earn and have the same living as a producer, 
and and I think that I think that means a lot, and I think it also says a lot about how coffee is like greatly underappreciated. And I'm not like saying you know like everyone needs to pay so much more for coffee and yeah, yeah. all this kind of stuff, but I but I am saying yeah. that mm. coffee is a really complex process, and there's so much that goes into it, and it rarely gets touched like on a on a daily basis. Yeah. And we and we drink a lot of great coffee and I love like the, the, the aspect that I love most about coffee is you can come to many cafes in Sydney. You can come to us and you can drink a coffee that's like some of the best in the world of that varietal, of that processing. Roasted well, I mean I hope I'm obviously super biased, but there's other places who are doing, uh, you know, uh, amazing jobs, the best in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, and you buy it for like four bucks a cup, yeah. and you're like, where on earth can you buy the best thing in the world? And everyone can afford it, like yeah. everyone, mm-hmm. like everyone doesn't even like doesn't even matter your background, your paycheck, your your anything, yeah. and you can enjoy it, or at least begin to try to enjoy it and begin to acquire more knowledge about it. That's what's really special about coffee. It's super accessible. Yeah, super, super accessible. Well, should we, uh, should we ask the, the big question? Do you want to go for a, for a break? Yeah. The big question. What's the big question? Uh, the big question was, yeah. uh, what are the reasons someone shouldn't become a roaster? <laughs> well... It's hard. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, uh, yeah, I feel like you ha- you have to almost you have to be you definitely have to be super passionate, dedicated, and focused to to even like think about putting out a good product. I think there's there's a lot more to it than like I don't know turning beans brown. Like to to be efficient. Um, and put out a good product. There's a lot of little processes that go into to every roast. Yeah. Um, you know, even uh, like checking moisture, storing the beans correctly, production cuppings each week. Yeah. You know, using crop serve. Yeah. There's like yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's social media makes it seem like it's more yeah. of a celebrity's job, but like it's very much like. It's process, it's method, it's, you know... Um, trial and error. Trial and error, it's being, like, unapologetically, like, honest about you and... Yeah, I feel like you have to handle feedback, like, feedback well. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, like, sometimes it's, like, brutal, you yeah. know? And you're faced with, like, ethical dilemmas, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, if you're out to prove a point, like... Coffee is not a very good avenue to prove a point. I mean, what, what do you mean by prove a point? Well, I, I think that I think that I think that really good coffee is easy to share, but really good coffee is found and founded by really like humble and honest people trying to do great stuff. But for on that, I think. I think really good coffee could only be appreciated by someone who knows really good coffee. That's true. In a way, like, you know, to really, to really like appreciate 
finer details. The finer details of a coffee. I feel like you really need to know coffee, which isn't that, like, I don't think it's general knowledge. No. You need, really need to understand tasting, brewing, mm. the roasting side, even the farming, the processing yeah. side. Like, there's a lot of knowledge and background that, I think comes with appreciating really, really, really good cup of coffee. And that's why. That's why I like the analogy that you gave at the start when you added the the smashability of a coffee, mm. because that means, from my perspective, it means that you're meeting sort of two crowds. You guys yeah. are sourcing really incredible complex coffees that are somebody that understands those finer details can understand. But you're also trying to make the coffee smashable. Mm. You know, something that you would serve in like a, a, a large batch, which I've done many times, and it, it is very mm. smashable. You know, that thing goes down easy. But, um, yeah, I think having the, that, that awareness of like or what you guys are doing where it's buying incredible coffee but also trying to make it just drinkable for everyone. Yeah. And, and I think like on, you know, on saying that, you know, we buy good coffees, like there's so many, there's so many roasters that buy like great coffees. Um, and I think that if you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be a roaster if you don't want to share things that are great because when you have that that open mindset of wanting to share things great like it's like when when you're when you're sharing something you have this like there's a certain receivability that you need to have in your personality where like you're giving it and you're like you're almost like wanting feedback Mm. you're like hey like i really 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 want to share this with you but i'm also welcome to like i'm welcoming enough to receive feedback from it and as a roaster, I think that's the biggest asset is to like be willing to for someone to say like I hate it or that's bitter or that's terrible or that's not sweet enough or this is different and then like diving into it and being open enough to be say like I could be better like me like I could do better. And what is what is being better for you as a roaster? Um, what kind of feedback would you be receptive to as well? Everything, like literally everything. Um, I think examples. that, huh? Examples? <laughs> oh man, I've got examples. Of, <laughs> we we had like we, you know, you'll 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 have like a customer. Like we had one customer come in and she said, "Oh, the coffee's the coffee's actually good today. Like oh. it's really improved." And I'm thinking, "Wow." And I'm like, I, and I'm not thinking from my side, like, honestly, from my point of view, I'm not just like, I don't, I don't care what you thought about our coffee before. And You're like, thank God you finally yeah. think it's good. Yeah. I'm just like thinking like, what led her to, to think, think that, yeah. that hmm. before? And like, to be clear, I don't think our coffee changed, <laughs> <laughs> but something did for her yeah, and that matters. So I'm like trying to get a hold on like what that is. And then two customers before we have someone saying, mm, the coffee's different. But then I'm thinking, did I fill the cup a little bit shorter? Was it a little bit stronger? Like, and then I found out later on that she was actually on some like two week long vegan retreat. And she's like, thinks her palate greatly changed because she had it cooked, everything cooked for her for like three meals a day for the last two weeks. And it probably did. It mm. probably did. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, cool. So you need perspective. But the biggest thing is like you need to be like you need to be really like open to these kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I think that I think that your 
it's not like you're you want to change on a dime mm. you know and you want to like change your whole idea of coffee like by every word that anyone says but you need to be willing for five people to say a similar thing for them to shift your mindset because I, I feel you like need to be willing to shift your mindset and that's an important attribute is like you need to be willing to shift your mindset about coffee because you're not the one drinking it yeah. most of the time. And that's back on the dial-in as well. It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's, that's like you're dialing this coffee like to your taste. Like, there's so many other people drinking it. And even yeah. us three, we like, we have different takes on most coffees. So it's like, you know, you've got all these consumers. Like we have, I, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's common, but, quite a few times we've come in and we usually ask people if they want something more traditional tasting or something more fruity and light yeah. and they see whichever one's more bitter where in our eyes that's like that's, that's not a bad a attribute co- that's not a good but coffee. that's what they want or stronger yeah or stronger or they, stronger. they want common. bitter stronger coffee and you're like what's what's stronger so yeah you know? so like that's like, a common thing right mm. as you're saying like bitter you're like yeah. what's stronger and they're like oh more like more like you know, like more, and you're like, oh, more robust, like more coffee flavor. So then that's, cool. as, as a roaster, you've, you're sourcing this coffee, roasting, putting all this effort in, and then someone just wants a bitter, mm. strong cup of coffee. So you're like, that's that, what I was saying before, is like, you know, and you're doing a lot of this work, so a small uh, proportion of people can appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know, so some, yeah. But, but in saying that, like, the work of a roaster in like in my estimation also is like understanding the process enough to be able to achieve a result that doesn't please yourself but pleases others and like when you know that and when you can acquire the skill for you to be able to like roast a coffee that that person likes Mm. it's really like it's a really it's a really valuable thing it happens in like competitions too like i think that in AeroPress competitions that I've that I've competed in, I haven't made a coffee that I wanted. I've made a coffee that I think the judges will want. And I think that that has... In what way? Well, like I know that someone like... I know that they're, they're five beers down and I know the roasteries <laughs> that they work at. You know, like legit. Like yeah, I yeah. know that how much they've drunk. I know how much coffee they've drunk. And I know that over time, how your palate fatigues and how you won't be able to perceive certain flavors. So I know that you need to brew a certain coffee. Not that it's going to be the best coffee to them the morning after this night, but that's actually going to be able to penetrate their palate right now after six IPAs and, you know, three rounds of AeroPress. Mm. And that's a different coffee. And then that's going to win a competition, you know, and that's the idea. You like, you need to know your audience. Yeah. Um, even as a roaster well, not just a brewer no, but it also goes back to what we were saying on bar as well it's yeah. like yeah. yeah certain people perceive different yeah. tastes so how do you how do you feel now Josh when you when you serve the coffee now that you sort of have a play in how you roast it do you feel any sort of sense of pride or is there any feelings towards uh, the coffee that you're putting out yeah oh for sure yeah yeah there's definitely a um you can just say something often. Oh, okay. No, there's definitely definitely a sense of pride. Like I was saying, like that process from like green coffee, and it's such a good environment we're in here that you get to experience that because I think it's pretty rare um, that, yeah, we get the green coffee in the back, we roast it, and then serve it out the front to everyone. It's just like, 
And especially when, well, I mean, the coffee's always pretty good, but especially when something is just tasting like on point, you're just like, yes, this, mm. this is like, this is the best. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, I'd like to say goodbye, but I think, uh, yeah. I think uh, Ben's family's here and uh, yeah. wait for Ben to come back and then we'll say a little goodbye for everyone. <laughs> Where's dad? Oh, uh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm gonna go for a ride. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, dude. Are they balloons? Little balloons. Cool. You gonna go pick up your yellow bike? <laughs> That's like real oh, life. Man. Well, that was cute. Yeah, was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, I didn't know. What no, we're we'll just. Um, we're thinking we'll about just, rapping. Unless you have any any questions. Well, to just, no, I mean, if I was going to recap, um, just on that last question, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, on the like on the reasons not uh, yeah. to become like coffee roaster, I'd just say like if if you're not in it. Or the consumer, then you really need to rethink what you're doing because, like, in the, at the end of the day, you're not going to be brewing and enjoying the coffee that you roast most of the time. It's for other people. Um, you need to be like, you need to be willing to be open to feedback because it's like it's a really exposing kind of like task because of the range and the audience that are kind of, you know, kind of tasting your coffee and like seeing it. I think it's like, it's for me, for me, it's really enjoyable, but for others, it might not be because you're like relying on a lot of other people and a lot of feedback. Um, you have to know what you like and you have to have experience tasting as we like, we touched on with Josh is like, you have to really know what you're talking about, you know, and you need to be able to like, assess what you like and what others may like and then you be able to like differentiate different things um, for different purposes. Um, and I think they're like, they're really important things as coffee roasters. Along with also like focus, it's a solitary kind of thing. Like a lot of, a lot of the time you're not talking to people, you're like, you, it's something that in previous jobs I've had headphones on pretty much the whole day, you know, where you kind of like, you get in a zone, you listen to like, podcast you listen to music and you just follow process and you've got to enjoy like the process of doing something um and that's i i think you need to be able to at least appreciate the solitary aspect of, of roasting i mean we're lucky we only do it like one day a week or two times mm -hmm. a week but like some if you're like pursuing roasting as a career you've got to be willing to like be alone for like long periods of time so you have to like yourself <laughs> You know. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, if there 
if there was anyone out there that sort of was trying to look into how to get into roasting, is there any, any words of advice that you would give them? To get into roasting? Yeah. Um, definitely start reading. Like, there's a few roasters out there and... What's the most inspirational um, reading material or Instagram account well, or I mean, something? Yeah, I just... Or coffee roaster that you followed. Well, I, see, I was super lucky in my pursuit because I was I was finishing up my cafe. I just started looking into books, reading like, you know, your Scott Rao and stuff like that. And then was going to approach these guys to learn and then they advertise for a job and then I end up applying. Like literally, nice. it all that all happened in a week. So for me, but what I what I was going to do was going to ask to just come observe Cup. That's that's what I was going to do. I was super lucky in my pursuit though. But yeah, like reading, I think I think yeah, like I said before, tasting's a massive one. Learn how to taste and then move into it. Because like trying to um I mean, change, like, manipulate taste with your roast, which is what I'm still learning to do now, like, 18 months in. Um, like, that's probably the most important skill to have. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the start, your starting, starting point is definitely just, just tasting. Because if you, if you don't enjoy tasting coffee and you don't enjoy tasting different coffees or telling coffees apart, then... You know, I mean, that's what you're going to be doing. So, yeah. What about you, Ben? Um, Question was, if there's anyone out there that's looking to start to roast, is there any words of advice that you could give them? Um, I think, I think you have to be, you have to be somewhat assertive enough to like, it's unfortunate, like this whole like, assertion like I, I don't want I don't want people who um, I mean sorry I'll, I'll rephrase I think it's hard for a lot of people who are not as assertive to like get into roasting I think that roasters kind of like fall into positions a lot of the time they're like they're on the bar and then like over time they if there's a spot that opens up in a roastery they kind of like they slip in there or like they accidentally get in there because they were a literally like a delivery driver for the roastery well there's no course or anything to there do is on nothing. Roasting. Yeah. <laughs> i mean i mean to me this was the thing that ap- appealed to me most about roasting in the in the beginning so in the beginning i was like greatly misguided in it you know i thought like that it would be easy enough to get into if you like just pursued it in a certain avenue it doesn't always work like that you can't just like work your way from a bar into a roastery sometimes you have to be the delivery driver sometimes you have to be like Right place, right time. Like right that's time. What I, that's what Have I the was. right availability. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, this guy would be good or this girl would be good. And, that, and that's, I think that's just recapping and correct me if I'm wrong. That's what you mean by assertiveness, right? Is that there's, there's not a lot of uh, available spots um, or roasting positions. Um, it is a wanted position by, by a lot of people um, and it doesn't really just happen. Yeah. In a lot of places, there needs to be some sort of proactive uh, intention to, mm. to try and get into those positions. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Not, not, not only proactive, but, like, I, I think that it, it's unfortunate that, like, a lot of people put energy into trying to become a roaster at the wrong time for certain, for certain companies. And certain companies have, like, established themselves so much so 
that they're almost like it's it's like a fortress. It's like so hard to get into. And the assertive nature that I'm also referring to is like it's hard for pe- it is hard for people to really to put themselves out there and to say I think I'm the right person for the job. And I want to clarify what I think is the right person for the job. The right person for the job is what we've been talking about is someone like greatly interested in flavor, willing to be open to like have their mind changed, who is willing to like develop themselves in like new and inter- interesting ways to better the consumer. Mm. And that needs to be their focus to like work out how to make coffee better for everyone. And then that, like that's a person it, who I think should be yeah. going up to a roastery owner and saying like, when you have a spot, call me first because I'm going to fight like hard for this position because I've got what it takes to become a good roaster. Yeah. yeah so like I guess you've touched this again before like there might be a other position open like delivery delivery driver or bagging coffee or even just warehouse assistant and I, I found that you know people that I've dealt with it's some of the great roasters they are curious about flavors again but also willing to do mundane repetitive tasks again and again and then they do it really well so not, you know, it might be a bagging coffee, weighing up coffee, you know, um, it's, it sounds <laughs> boring, but like yeah. moving green coffee bags from organizing the, the warehouse, organizing shelves and do those small things well. And then people, if you're surrounded by good people, they will, yeah. they will notice that. And when there is a hole, they'll be thinking, you know, uh, Yuya, he, he smashed that bagging, you know, he was first day he was better than anyone else you know let's get him to do the next thing the third thing you know and then soon he was roasting on um 15 kilos and pretty much running the whole warehouse so yeah i mean it it is interesting junji the the like that kind of like that career path because there is no career path well, I was gonna, yeah Sorry, i was go. gonna touch on the career path thing before too when like i had a friend and she'd worked on bar for a long time was even like a relationship manager and she was like i remember sitting down and she's like well now i have to like become a roaster or open a cafe yeah and it's like oh my goodness. and it's like you look at those things just where <laughs> i've kind of like done both of them now and they're just so different yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I'm, it's I'm not, not like it's, there's no path like that's not that's not the path like no but it's it's the it's the kind of confusing thing about about this industry where it's like you know yeah. what Junji was saying is that like that's the road in just to like yeah. you know get in the in the warehouse and start bagging delivering and then like yeah because it's like even such a, like a barista that's been a barista for five years it's like it's such a different job than that as well like yes you can yeah. be both curious on flavor but it's it's quite different, different. yeah it's a different set yeah. of skills again. If you if you want to roast for yourself, it's different than if you want to roast for someone else. Because if you want to roast for someone else, the best thing is to be non-threatening, you know, in the way of being so assertive that, like, you've got a strong personality that you want to, like, change everything. Because no roastery wants to hire a roaster who's going to change everything. Especially someone who hasn't learned how to roast yet. Exactly. Mm. So, like, no one wants to... No one wants to hire someone who's got, like, who wants to change absolutely everything, who's got no experience in changing everything. And, like, this was my problem when I first was, like, trying to get into roasting myself, was, like, 
I didn't have the experience to like back myself up. What I had was an idea. And I thought it was a good idea, but that doesn't make it a good idea, you know. And I think the important thing is to know exactly like what do you want to do. If you're going to want to open up something for yourself, like learn the skills in your spare time, jump like like wide, deep, take a huge leap, cup with a lot of people, know exactly what you want to do, cup with people and also get a, get a reference of where you're at, like professionally mm. in a palate like in a palatal sense um and then actually i say like take a leap like work at a collaborative roastery you know like you know but apart from that i would say if you want to roast for someone as junji was pointing out before sometimes it is like that really like almost passive avenue in an established roastery with an established flavor profile and way of doing things wants to know that there is someone who is willing to do the hard yards. There's something to willing to that, that they're going to play the, they're going to play the, play the play. They're going to run the play. They're going to come in, they're going to do it well and they're going to do it really like methodically and they're going to learn the process and they, and you're going to learn in the process anyway. Like if you want to roast for someone, you're going to learn that process. Um, but they don't want to see a maverick. They don't. They want someone who is going to like follow protocol and procedure. They don't want someone who has no experience who's going to change everything. And, I think and it's a difference between the two roasters that are going to become roasters. There's some who are going to become roasters and do their own thing, and there's some who are going to become roasters and be like small, gradual, curious changes of massive companies. And there is total value in both of those. But you've got to decide who you are, mm. you know? I think also touching back on what Josh said before, he put in a lot of groundwork before he even came in here. Yeah. He was already working on his palette. He was already starting to read up. He was already starting to sort of build that base knowledge and that base understanding so when the opportunity did arise, he could Mm. take full advantage of it and make sure that he presented the best version of himself. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. I was also in a mindset that, I just wanted to to surround myself with good people and like-minded people. So that's again made it easier for me to to come in and and you know learn learn from Ben Roasting and and on bar because I I knew I was going to be around like-minded people. So it's you know I wasn't trying to go in to change something like you know like we were saying. Um, but yeah, that that made it super easy. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for thanks for coming down. Mm. Uh, really lovely conversation. Uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Junji. And uh, I guess uh, <laughs> I'll see you all uh, next time. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Send it. Well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> as we pack up. Are you recording or not? It, this is recording. You're recording. Three. Amadeo. Three. Two. Tell me. Ready? Yeah, recording. Three, two, one. Yeah, so like I was yeah. saying, I, I noticed that you you said there was like horses, or yeah. whatever. But I, I think there is like ecredas, some something, or the people are trying to yeah. develop. Like, Look, I, like, I I I think I know I know the point you're trying to get at, and I'm I'm gonna obviously we're gonna totally unfiltered, but 
the thing is, the reality is, no one can like finish their HSC. Say I'm going to enroll in something, and there there yeah, is no there is no path. There is no path. Whatever. Like and like, I, I think it's even is, it's even nothing. like a bit. Uh, I feel like uh, I can't think of the word right now. Is it like but barista course? Like yeah, no, that, no, this, this, no, that's exactly yeah, no, that's is, what I was like. No, that's what I was gonna. Re- uh, yeah. That's what I was trying to refer to it because I'm like, you do a one day barista course, no. you don't know how to make coffee on bar. No. You do a day roasting course. Is it, yeah. is it deceiving? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not. I'm not even saying that it's like that. It's wrong to do a barista course. I'm saying that right. in most in most cases, it's a waste of time because. The place that you're going to go does things differently than to what you're learning. So, like, why are you learning mm. to do something in a way that is not going to be advantageous to you in any way? Like, but also false hope. Someone does, yeah. like, a two-day, uh, two three-day or a week so roasting course, no. goes by, goes and buys, like, yeah. a $50,000 roaster yeah, and opens they, a space. Like, things, things that, look, things have <laughs> gotten be better. that guy. <laughs> like, things, no, like, things have gotten better. <laughs> Believe me, like, things have gotten better. Like, people are getting, beginning to understand, like, certain educational avenues. But, like, man, like, I couldn't explain to you, like, and I'm not, oh man, it's like, roasting is just, like, so weirdly nuanced. It's like, there is only, like, five people which I think have an idea about what roasting really encapsulates. And, like, they're people who I really want to, like, follow and listen to. No, we're not. Go- we're not going to name them, but we follow them like closely in different things. Like, and I want to taste their coffee, and I want to like understand what's going on and what's going through their mind because I'm like, they're a source of education, and why are they? Because they are genuinely open to having their minds changed and like developing themselves, and that makes a difference. But it's like, yeah, very man, experienced. A, a very and they're, experienced they're experienced. Well. They're like so unbelievably experienced, yeah. but half the time. <laughs> They don't seem that way. No. They are so like, man, they're like the most humble people you'll ever meet. They'll like tell you that their coffee's terrible in comparison to most people. They like, they're not like, they're not out to prove a point. They're out to like change producers' lives. They're like, they're there to like search for like tiny, tiny, tiny attributes in coffee that like you never even thought existed. And like, meanwhile, people like trying to. Or try little things that can change how everyone rose yeah. for the better. Yeah, yeah. Pro- different processes yeah. again. It's not just process. And I mean, obviously, like <laughs> I, I think that you know there there are big names in the coffee industry who've done great things. I really do believe, like, I'm not going to like name drop too much, but like I, I think that people like Scott Rao and Rob Hoos and like people have done great stuff for the industry. I also think like Joe Morocco has done like great things for like shaping the understanding of like roasting processes and I think that all those people probably don't agree with each other in totalitary like in in, in, in total they don't they've got very different understands, understandings of things but that's okay and I think that that always will be okay because what coffee roaster is the best coffee roaster in the world the one that you like really the one that you like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like yeah. Absolutely, John. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's, there's no way. It's just yeah. like preference is preference. Like yeah. we will yeah. always have like, subjectivity. But like the courses or whatever. There's elements of real time thing as well. Like it's, yeah. it's like you, you get even driving a car. Like you can do the learners course test whatever. You haven't learned to drive yet. 
No, you need. No, you no. passed the test. You one small, test. like little, like yeah, just because you got never, you never encountered a sketchy situation during your. Dude, I nearly so got taken passed. out by a truck the day I got my license because <laughs> I was like, did they put both their blinkers on? So I was like, oh, that's fine to go around. <laughs> Usually <Whoop>. is, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like look yeah. out for phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, that's like a little bit of a outro yeah. to. To, to that which you were saying, Junji, about the educational. Yes, but like there are like somewhat the, the people you, who are trying to form an educational source and there is no formal education source that that results you, as far as I can see, in a certi- certificate yet. Well, if it was more like a trade, if it was more like a trade and mm. you were to take on an apprentice... Four mm. years. Would you... Is that something like that you would look to invest in? Yes, absolutely. I think that investing in future roasters is a big thing. And I think that teaching them to taste and teaching them to manipulate and teaching them the understanding of what's happening in the roasting process is more important than roasting itself because Mm. at some point, maybe it'll become obsolete. Maybe. Probably will. Like, Mm. really later on, maybe. But people like Josh, Junji, and I, I'm hoping that we still have a job because I'm hoping that us just having a good palate will be enough to like plug in the right Hmm. coordinates for the roaster and the right like algorithm and programming that in a way that's going to result in a a decent flavor. You're talking about manufacturing being simplified and more automated and Hmm. sort of technology getting better and better and just making the whole process a lot easier. Yeah. 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 But but I but I do think that I, I do think that like apprentices, you know are very like it's very important. Like I think to have someone that like you want to teach and like are, wi- are willing to teach is, is like a very important thing. Yeah. And 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 that's why Josh is a is a great like apprentice to me, mm. is because he has as much to teach me as I to teach him. And I'm teaching him process, but he's also teaching me perspective. And that's vital in my growth. It's vital in his growth. And then... And hopefully the growth of the business. And the growth of the business. And I'm counting on it. Because that was the idea of taking Josh on, was like the idea that we would both together rise ourselves up into something that was greater than ourselves and greater than the business was previously. And that was an important thing, and is an important thing. Josh seems to have stuck around, so... Oh, yeah, there's no getting rid of me now, I don't <laughs> yeah. think. Well, that's what I said. Junji actually asked me, like, a, a while ago. It's like, oh, what are you... Like, when are you... How long are you going to be around here? Like, what? how long are you going to stay? And I was like, well, as long as I'm learning and enjoying myself and I'm surrounded by, like, beautiful, like-minded people, then you won't be getting rid of me. So yeah, it's awesome. like, you know... And we won't be getting rid of him. <laughs> you know? Chain to the roaster. Chain to the roaster. No, but yeah, that's, you know, cool. that's, what I, that's what I want to do. All right. Anyway, that was, yeah. a, that was a bit of a good yep. flushing out yeah. of an, you know, of yeah. some other, like, beautiful issues. Okay.